we'll go ahead and turn to Matthew 26. We're looking at the study. We're looking at selected passages from the life of Peter, and what we're trying to do is just figure out what he says and all this. We move to the sad part, the section of God's Word in which Peter denies Jesus three times, just as Jesus said that he would. And, you know, one of the things that we have to think about is Peter said, I will not do it. And so it's so easy for us to say, I would never do that, or I won't do this, or I won't do that. But we're capable. In fact, we know that we as believers are capable of any sin. If you put us in the wrong place at the wrong time, we'll do the wrong thing. And so we have to be really, really careful. Uh, 1 Corinthians 10, let me just remind you, 1 Corinthians 10 uh, we don't have to turn there, but it's, uh, he, he's talking about, it, in that beginning of that chapter, he talks about how the nation of Israel had come out of Egypt and how they failed and, and they, weren't, they didn't do what God wanted them to do. And he says that they were capable of anything. And in verse 11, he says, the things that were written in the Old Testament were written for our examples to instruct us. And so when we look at the nation of Israel and we see how God brought them out of Egypt, part of the Red Sea, took them out, did all these things, you would think that they would say they saw him part the Red Sea, they see the big pillar of you know fire at night, cloud by the day. Wow, God's right here with us. We're going to always do what God says, and they don't. And, and so as he says, these things were written uh, for our instructions, and then the next verse says, so take heed lest you think you what? You stand, you fall. I guarantee you, if you talk to the nation of Israel after they crossed the Red Sea and they sang the song, they would, they, you've said to them, are y'all going to disobey God from now on? Oh, no. No, we won't. And they do. And sometimes we look at our lives and we say, God is so good. He saved us. He's given us eternal life. He's given us spiritual gifts. He's given us the Bible. He's given us everything, everything we could even think we have is from God. Sometimes we mess up. We mess up. We confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us. We're back in the fellowship. Are we going to ever disobey him again? And we go, yes, we will. We will. And so we're going to see that, that uh, the, this, this passage in 1 Corinthians basically says, be careful, take lead, lest you think you stand, you fall. And Peter is thinking that he will stand, but he can easily fall. And this morning we see the failure, and it's really, really sad. It's a very famous passage. It's denying Christ. What does it mean? And let's just stop and think for a second. What does it mean to deny Christ? It could be to say, I, d- I don't know who he is. I mean, that's what Peter said. I don't know who you're talking about. It could mean, to deny him means to not live for him, not to serve him, not to do what he wants you to do, to deny that he's your Savior and that, that you're, you've been set apart to serve him. Think about that. Second Timothy talks about that. And we're saying that not serving Christ. And, and so we're going to talk about, can we deny him? And you could say, well, yeah. Somebody could say, do you believe about Jesus Christ? Or, we, you know, we'll kill you unless you say you don't believe in Christ. And you say, okay, I, you know, you could deny him that way. Or it could be that day in and day out, you don't serve him. And when, in a sense, when you're not serving him or living for him, you're denying him. So we're going to talk more about it as we go through the passage. And so I got this question, can an unbeliever deny Christ? Yeah, reject him. Say, I, don't, I, I deny he's the Savior. Yeah. Can, can a believer deny Christ? Yeah, we can deny him by saying I don't know him. We can also deny him by not serving him. Because Jesus said, if you deny me, I will deny you. There's a passage where Jesus says, if you deny me, I will deny you. What's he talking about? He's not talking about salvation. And so we'll, get, we'll look at it as we go through it in just a little bit. This morning, it's a, it's a horrible event. Here is Peter who's been with Jesus for three, three and a half years. Trust, he's believed in him for eternal life. He's committed to him. He's living for him. And Jesus says, before the night is over, you'll deny that you even know me three times. And Peter says, I will not. I will not. 
And, and one of the things you've got to realize is we can say, I will not, I will not ever do that. I will never do, you, you can pick out a sin. You could say murder. And probably every one of us in this room would say, I don't think I would ever murder anybody. Right? Do you say that? If you don't say that, I'd need to meet with you afterwards for a little bit. But anyway, if, if you say, I don't think I would ever murder somebody, but you don't know. Wrong place, wrong time. D Peter, Peter, are you going to deny the one you've been with for three and a half years, that he's the Messiah and the Savior, that you love him, that he loves you, that you've seen him do all these miracles, you're going to deny him? Of course I'm not going to deny him. Jesus said, yes, you will. No, I won't. So be careful. Be careful. So here's what happens. Remember, Judas, has, they're in the Garden of Gethsemane, and here comes Judas with this large crowd, and they've got swords and tor uh, torches and everything else, and they come up, and we saw last time, it was pretty amazing, that Jesus stepped out from the group and said, who are you looking for? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. And he says, I am, which is the name of God. And every one of them went backwards and fell, basically fell down. I talked about it last week. I said, if, they, if that happened, what would you do if you were there to arrest Jesus? He says that. It's so powerful. You, you step back and you bow down. What would you do? I, I, I felt like I would too, but they didn't. They didn't. And you know, we, they, there were times that they watched Jesus heal somebody, like arm was messed up and all of a sudden it's, it's well, and they hated him for doing that. So it's just the, the depth of evil that's in us, as Paul wrote, that in me dwells no good thing, and I find this principle that in me who wants to do good, evil dwells within. We're all fallen people, and we have evil inside. So that, that Jesus got arrested, basically, and Peter pulled out his sword to cut off. You know, he's going to fight because he said, I will die with you. And so Peter pulls out his, his sword to, to fight, and he cuts off the ear, and Jesus tells Peter to put away the sword. And because he said, if you live by the sword, you also what? Die by the sword. Did Jesus want the... 11 disciples, there's 12, but one is with the bad group. Does he want the 11 disciples to fight for him and maybe get killed? No, no because he's planned what? They got to carry on the ministry. And so the plan was not for the disciples to die, but to live and serve later. And that's why he said the disciples will flee. Jesus said, I lay down my life, I take it up again. He said, you're going to flee. He told them. He told them that, that, that they would strike the shepherd, that's Jesus, and they would run off. And all of them said, we will not run off. What happened? They all ran off. He told, I mean, think about it. Uh, Jesus could say to us, you know, you're going to probably send tomorrow. And we go, no, I'm not. You're going to send tomorrow. Uh, what are we going to do tomorrow? Probably going to send. Yeah. I mean, so if Peter, Peter, he said, uh, God, Jesus told Peter, you, you're going to deny me three times before the night is over. If you look at Matthew uh, 20, uh, 26, 56, it says, all this has taken place. To fulfill the scriptures of the prophets, then all the disciples left him and fled. That's exactly. The scripture was fulfilled, and the, the fulfilling was that they would strike the shepherd and the sheep would flee. And that it's not over yet. There's other things that he talked about, and the disciples have fled, just like he says. So here is the event which I consider one of the saddest events, but I know that if we were there, if you were there, we might have done exactly the same thing. And let's face it, Peter, if you said, is Peter better than you? I'd say, he'd love better than me. I mean, if Peter would mess up, what if you are either one of us, that we were put in that situation? You remember what Jesus told Peter? He said, Satan has desired to 
shift you. He, he decided to shift you to, to, to bring. And he says, but after you've come back, you will lead the people. And, and so Peter ought to have known something bad was coming because Jesus told him. And, and, and if we look at our lives, we would say, I, I don't want to do that. I, I, I don't want to mess up. But the scripture was fulfilled. Jesus, he's gonna, Peter's going to deny. Peter denies Jesus three times. So what happens? Look at verse 57. At those who had seized Jesus, led him away to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the scribes and the elders were gathered together. So they take him to the high priest's house. Uh, let me give you a little background that there's more to it than that. At the time of Jesus, there were two high priests. You say, two high priests? Well, you can't have two high priests. Yes, you can. Because the Romans appointed them, not the Jews. And there was a man named Annas, and then he had a son-in-law named Caiaphas. So Caiaphas was actually known as the high priest, but Annas was also, you might say, the former high priest, but they served together. If you read the Gospel of Luke in about chapter 3, he actually names them out and says, in the time that Annas and Caiaphas were high priests. So we would say, biblically, they weren't supposed to be but one high priest, uh, an older son, the eldest son of Aaron all the way down. But by the time of Jesus, it's now become political, and the Romans have appointed Annas and now Caiaphas. So this passage just says they led him away to Caiaphas. If you read the Gospel of John, they took him first to Annas and then to Caiaphas. And at the high priest's house, it was a rich house, uh, the priest at that time... They were liberal and rich. They got all the money. The Pharisees were not very rich, and they were real conservative, and they were real legalistic. The Sadducees, which were most of the priests, they, they didn't believe in life after death. They didn't believe in angels. And they were liberals, and they had all the money and all the power. That's why most of the Sanhedrin, two-thirds of the Sanhedrin, were Pharisees, but they didn't really have the power because the Sadducees were the high priest and everybody else. And so they take him to the high priest's house, and they're rich. And all those houses in those days, they had the house and a courtyard and then a wall around the house. So you just couldn't go to somebody's house. And so John, who James and John, I've, John follows the whole thing. And since he's rich, you may not realize it, but John's father, James and John's father was wealthy because he had ships. He had more than one boat. He had two or three fishing boats at least and, and workers. And when James and John left, you know, John, obviously, James and John's father knew the high priest. And it said John got in because he knew the high priest. And when Peter got there, Peter is a poor fisherman. And he didn't know anybody and he can't get in. And John finds out that Peter's outside wanting to get into the courtyard. So John goes up and tells the gatekeeper, let him in. He's okay. And they let Peter in. Now, we're going to look back on it. I bet Peter says, I wish I had never got in. Right? You know, sometimes things happen. We say, I want to do that. I want to do that. I want to do that. And then later we say, I wish I hadn't have done that. Right? And so Peter's now in the place. And uh, there are people there. Uh, that, uh, that old saying, if you notice, it says, Verse 58, but Peter was following him at a distance as far as the courtyard of the high priest, and he entered in and sat down with the officers to see the outcome. He goes in there. The Gospel of John tells us a lot more information. It tells about Peter, uh, John going and getting him and bringing him in, and he's in there, and they're around a, by the way, listen to this. They're around what kind of fire? Do y'all remember what kind of fire they're around? A charcoal fire. We're going to see something later toward the end. 
when Jesus is on the shore and they've been fishing after he rose from the grave and Jesus has a fire waiting for him. What kind of fire is it? Charcoal fire. We'll talk about it. Why is it a charcoal fire? So anyway, so they take him there. Peter's following at the distance. You remember the old saying? I, let me, I think I've got it right here. Yeah, the old saying is don't follow Jesus at a distance. <laughs> get as close as you can get. Don't follow at a distance. Anyway, so we're going to see that uh, all this is going on. Jesus, Jesus has been taken into the house to be questioned. There's going to be three, three trials. There's going to be a, one, two, basically two at the night, one in the early morning, all by the Jews, all found guilty. Taken over to the Romans, there'll be three trials that morning, all found not guilty. So Jesus had six trials, and three guilty from the Jews, three not guilty by the Romans. And so while he's in the house, Peter's in the courtyard, and, and, and best we can tell, he's around a fire. And it's interesting, we talked about how John got him in, and Jesus says, you're going to deny me three times. Look at verse 69, just move it up a little bit. Now Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard, and a servant girl came to him, a servant girl, just one of the maids, one of the servants, a girl, servant girl came to him and said, you too were with Jesus the Galilean. I, I know who you are. I've seen you with Jesus. You're one of Jesus' guys. That's what she's saying. You were with him. And so in 69, this servant girl says, you were with Jesus. What's, Jesus gonna, what's G, uh, Peter going to say? Of course I was with Jesus. You, yeah, of course I was. No. Hey, this, look. Is this a soldier with a sword saying, hey, weren't you one of those guys? This is a girl, a servant girl. Now, there's people around, but she says, you were with Jesus, the Galilean. And he denied it before them all, before all the people. Uh, I don't know what you, the, first, the easy thing to get away, is, I, I don't know what you're talking about, right? That's how you start off. You know, it's going to get worse every way, but he starts off by saying, I, 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 don't, I don't know what you're talking about. I, I don't know. What did Peter say? Peter said, I will not deny you. What did Jesus say? Yes, you will. What did Peter do? Peter denied him for the crowd. He said, I, I don't really know what you're talking about. You know, sometimes if we want to deny him, we just say, I don't, I don't know. I don't even know what you're talking about. Well, I don't know what you're talking about. Each time, each time it gets a little stronger, you know. So then, so verse 70, he denied it before them all saying, I don't know what you're talking about. Listen, while this is happening, do you think Peter is saying, that's one, that's two. That, you think he's thinking that at all? No. He's not thinking about it at all. In fact, he's not even giving it a thought. He's just, he's, yeah, he's thinking about himself. He's thinking about how am I going to stay alive? These people are coming after me. I realize they just took Jesus in there, and they're probably going to kill Jesus. And if I'm connected with Jesus, they may, they may kill me. So this girl says, hey, I think you were with Jesus. He goes, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. It goes on, when he'd gone out to the gateway, you know what he's doing? I think I better get out of here, right? He's going back to the gateway. When he'd gone to the gateway, another servant girl saw him and said to those who were there, this man was with Jesus the Nazarene. So this girl says, hey, yes, you were. I saw you. It was another girl. You want to say, where are these girls coming from? And how do they know me, Right? And once again, verse 72, and once again, he denied it with a, an oh, I swear. I swear I do not know the man. Another servant girl says to Peter that we, he denied it with an oath. I swear. I swear. 
What do you mean? What does it mean to swear an oath? God is my witness. Just saying, I'm not lying. This is before God. What they used to do? Put your hand on the Bible. I swear before God. Right? They don't do that. I don't think much anymore. What do you do when you give an oath? You're swearing. You're telling what? The truth. And it's before who? Before God. That's what you're really saying. Wow. Uh, You're mistaken. I, uh, I don't know the man. So he first said, I don't know what you talk about. Now he says, I don't know the man. A little later, he didn't leave. If you're smart, you get out the door, you get gone, right? But he's not because he wants to know what's going to happen. And it says, a little later, the bystanders came up. The bystanders, and they came up and said to Peter, surely... You are one of them, for even the way you talk gives you away. What, do you, what does that mean? He had an accent. Where was he from? He's from Galilee. He's from, listen, in, in the United States, the north and the south. In the south, we talk funny in the south and the north, but the north talks funny too. But anyway, uh, in the south, we have this dialect. Well, in Israel, the south was the big city, Jerusalem, and the north were the farmers and the fishermen. And they had a different dialect than the South. And they said to Peter, you talk like, well, you talk like somebody from Galilee. You talk like a hick. That, yeah. You talk like, you, we, even your talk gives you away. Surely you're one of them for even the way you talk gives you away. You know, I talk real fast, but that still doesn't cover up. I got a Southern accent. As much as I wish it did. No, I like my southern accent. But anyway, so Peter is standing there, and they go, Hi, you, you are from Galilee, and that's where Jesus did all his stuff. You, even your talk gives you away. And, and so they're saying, you, you're one of them because you're connected with Jesus. And what does he say? Then he began to what? Curse and swear, I don't know the man. And immediately a rooster crowed. He began to curse and to swear. And there's, there's two thoughts on this. The curse uh, doesn't necessarily mean he said a real bad word. It could mean he said, may a curse be on me if I'm not telling the truth. And to swear, I give an oath again. So he, he doesn't necessarily say a bad word. He could have, huh? but he might have. But, he, but what he's saying is, may a curse be upon me. May I be cursed. I remember in... Fiddler on the roof, Tevye says, may the Lord strike me with riches and may it never depart. You know, and so that, uh, he wanted to be cursed with riches and may it never depart. Peter is saying, uh, may I be cursed if I'm not telling you the, the truth. I don't know the man. I don't know the man. That's his third denial. Jesus said, you'll deny me three times. Before what? Before, and there, there, what did it say? And immediately? A rooster crowed. And look at the verse. And just then, Peter remembered the words which Jesus said. He hadn't remembered up to this point. You want to say, surely you remembered. That was one of the big deals. You said, I will not. And he said, yes, you will. But when you get in the heat of the action, you don't even think about it anymore. And let me tell you something. If you read the other Gospels, read it carefully. Immediately when Peter denied Jesus the third time, It says, Jesus 
turned and looked at Peter. So either they had already brought Peter, Jesus out of the house and he was able, or there was some kind of window or something that he could see out and that Peter was said it the third time and Jesus turned, it says Jesus turned and looked at him. Whew. That's tough. Isn't that tough? Do you, uh, how do you feel about that? Uh, I think I would do exactly what Peter did. Peter remembered the words which Jesus said before a rooster crows, you'll deny me three times. What did Peter do? He went and cried. Man, I'd be screaming and crying and tearing everything. And I mean, this, this is terrible. Look, so Peter remembered the words by Jesus. He wept. He realized he had failed. He had denied Jesus three times, just like Jesus said. When Jesus said, I give you eternal life, do you have it? Yeah. Will you ever perish? No. Is he going to prepare a place for you? Will you going to have a new body? Does he give you spiritual gifts? Does he give you the Bible? Yes. All those promises of God? Does the Holy Spirit indwell you? Yeah. All those are promises of God. I have people say, I hope so. What? Hope so? What did he say? Everything he's ever said comes true. Is that right? Because he's God. You know, this is, this is the word of God. And when Jesus led, said, Peter, before the night is over, you're going to deny me three times before the rooster crows? You'll deny me three times? Peter should have said, would stop me from doing it. Right? <laughs> what I, I would, listen, you're always right. Could you just stop me? Maybe, you know. And you could almost see Jesus say, well, I had the door locked and you couldn't get in, but then John got you in, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what, that's how we do when we sin. We say, well, it's really not my fault. First of all, I was just trying to follow Jesus because he told me to follow him and that's why I was following him. And it's really John's fault because he's the one that let me in. And it's those girls' fault because if they hadn't said anything to me, I wouldn't have had done anything about it. Right? Can't we do that with any sin? It's, uh, it's Charlene's fault that I did, you know, it's Bonita's fault that I did this. It's Jean's fault that, you know, I did that. <laughs> right? We always blame everybody else, right? I don't think Peter blames anybody right here. I think Peter blames himself right here. He wept. What are we supposed to do when we blow it big time? And by the way, a little sin and a big sin, they both, you both blow it, right? A little sin gets you out of fellowship, right? Does a big sin get you out of fellowship? It's the same, right? Now, consequences may be different or, and things like that, but sin is sin, and sin removes you from fellowship. What are you supposed to do when you sin? Con- well, confess it. And that's different than asking for forgiveness. Yeah, that, that, that ties in with it because he says, if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you. So you ask for what? What do you do? You, you confess your sin. You tell on yourself. What, what does Peter do, you think? I, he probably did. We don't, we, we don't have it recorded. How do you think he feels? Horrible. How do you feel when you sin? When you do a little sin, keep going, Bonita, because you, you're, you're bad. But think about it. When you do a little sin, do you feel bad? Yes. Yeah. When you do a big sin, how do you feel? Horrible. Really bad. Yeah. yeah. Because we think, we think this is so much worse, but in a sense, they both make fellowship. But we, we don't want to do either one of them, but we do. And so the Bible says, to confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us. Now, let's talk about denying Christ, okay? How can we deny Christ? Flip over to Matthew 10 for just a second. Okay, Matthew 10, 
Let me look at time. We got just a little bit. We're gonna, we may have to go over because we started five minutes late, but that's okay. That's okay. I'm not saying anything about it. But we did start five minutes. No, I'm just not going to say. Look at 1032. Matthew 10, 32, Therefore, everyone who confesses me before men, I will confess him before my Father who is in heaven. Whoever denies me before men, I will deny him before my Father in heaven. He's talking to believers, by the way. If you go back to verse 24, he's talking about disciples and teachers, and, and they've told him he's from the devil, and he says, I'm not from the devil. And he says, God knows everything about you, even the hairs of your head are numbered. Anyone who confesses me before the Father, I will confess him before my Father. If you deny me before men, I will deny you before the Father. What is he talking about? Confessing and denying. Whoops, let me go back. Listen, in this flow of this passage, to deny Jesus is to not live for him. See, when you live for him, you confess him, you stand for Jesus Christ, he will confess you before the Father, and you'll get what? Rewards. But if you deny him, he's going to deny you what? Reward. This is not salvation, y'all. Don't, don't get it mixed up there. People say, you have to make a confession of Christ or you won't be saved. Well, no, you have to believe in Jesus Christ for eternal life or you won't be saved. To confess him before people is to stand for him, to, to, to be like a disciple. And, and so he basically says this. He says, if you, don't, if you confess me, I'll confess you. I'll give you rewards. But if you don't confess me, I won't. Uh, I won't. I'll, if you deny me, I'll deny you. I want you to turn in your Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 2. Flip over there real quickly. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 11. This is also a passage of denying. I want you to understand something. Can you deny Christ as a believer? Of course. If you don't serve him, you don't live for him, you don't... What, what are you going to lose? Rewards. Please get it right, y'all, because it's so important, because there are people out there who will tell people if you deny Christ, that means you didn't believe in him and you're lost. That's not what it's saying at all. Now look at this passage, Titus chapter 2, 11, 12, and 13. This is a trustworthy statement. Paul says, this is something you can really hold to. If we died with him, we shall also live with him. By the way, that's an if, which is called a first-class if in Greek, which means it's true. It's true we die with him, we live with him. Did we die with Christ? When we believed in him, we identified with his death and his resurrection. Did we die with Christ and live with him? Yes, it's true. Second, if we endure, we will also reign with him. That's a first-class if. If and it's true, we endure, which means we do what's right, we live, we'll then what? What will we do? We'll reign with him. That's rewards. Look at the next verse. If we deny him, he will deny us. What's it talking about? I'm not talking about salvation. What's it talking about? Rewards. You don't live for him, he won't give you rewards. Look at the last part. Even if we are faithless, and by the way, that's first class too. All of them are first class yes. I mean, they're all true. If we're faithless, faithless and we not believe in him, he remains faithful. What did he promise you? Eternal life for, and rewards. He said he cannot deny himself. This passage actually says that you died and rose again with Christ. If you obey him, you get to reign with him. If you deny him, he denies you rewards. Even if you don't remain faithful as a believer, He's going to be faithful because he cannot deny himself. He promised you eternal life. It's a great passage. Look at this. We died and rose again with Christ. If we endure, we serve, we reign with him, we get rewards. If we deny him, we're not serving, he'll deny us rewards. If we're even not believing, and we're not talking about, uh, that even, if, even if you said, I don't even believe about Jesus anymore, what do you still have? Eternal, eternal life. The moment you believe you've got eternal life, he always does what he says, even if we're not faithful. 
Even if we're faithless, if we're not faithful, he always does what he promises. I know these are hard passages. You could talk about it in more detail in your grow group, but that's it. Let me, let me look quickly at this. Let's realize that we're capable of what? Any sin. So deal with sin in our lives. Confess our sin, 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, that's a, that's a third class if in the Greek, which means maybe we will and maybe we won't. So it's a little bit different. Second, know our weaknesses. Take heed lest you think you stand, you what? You fall. Listen, if you know there's areas that seem to attract your flesh and your sinfulness and your lust and all that more, stay away. You know, you just, if you said that that really gets me, well, then don't get over there so we can get you. That's, that's the protect yourself. And, and, and do we deny Christ? How can we deny Christ? By not witnessing, not living according to the word, sin or rebellion, not loving others. All those things would be denying Christ. If we deny him, he does what? He denies us. You don't get rewards. And last, let's live for Christ now. And by not denying him, let's live in such a way that he'll get all the honor and the glory. Okay, we can go in more details in our grow group about some of these things. Uh, and, or you can ask me questions next, next week if you've got questions about this. Let me know, because to deny Christ doesn't mean I don't believe in him. Now, an unbeliever could say, I don't believe in him, and they're denying him in that sense. But as a believer, for you to deny Christ has nothing to do with eternal life salvation. It has to do with your rewards. What did Peter lose there when he said, I deny, I don't know him three times? Did he lose salvation? No. What did he lose? He lost rewards. But you know what's so great? Any of us in this room messed up? Peter messed up. What did Jesus say to Peter? We're going to see it next week. Take care of my sheep. I'm going to use you even though you failed. What does he say to us? I'm going to use you even though you failed.